space thingies and space stuff. What's better than sports? Scripted sports. And there's a big football game going on, if you care. Hold on to your butts, because this is The Shakedown. Everybody and welcome to the very first episode of the Shakedown Podcast. I am Austin Stevens. With me, as always, is Dan Schweizer here and Dylan Webster. Today's episode is brought to you by paying rent, because without it, we'd all be homeless. Paying rent, everybody. Thank you, Rent, for Thanks, sponsoring rent. this episode of the Shakedown Podcast. So, today, we're going to start off with geekdom. And I have... A lot of exciting news for you guys. The very exciting, very exciting. Uh, the newest Mass Effect trailer came out this week. Oh, and so I know that good. me and Dan are really excited about this. I don't, Dylan, have you ever played Mass Effect? I have not. Oh, okay, well, out. you are definitely missing out. This would actually be a really, a really good one to jump in on because it's like the new trilogy, kind of. I think is what they're mm -hmm. starting. It takes place yeah. between one and two, but in a different galaxy. So it's a brand new storyline. Yeah, what's interesting about it is uh, they, they've they been in space traveling to this other galaxy for something around 600 years. So they have no idea what's going on in the Milky Way. It's like, and I saw, I think the Hyperion is what it's called. And it's like a bunch of humans just in stasis. Yeah. And then they have like the path, the Pathfinder, I think, is your the main character. And it's actually, they're doing something new with this one where in the other ones, you know, you could choose, like, you're either a boy or a girl, and then you go along with that. Well, this one's the same way, but they're twins. Right. So if you pick the guy, the girl is still in the story. Yes. Which I think that's really interesting that they're still going to incorporate that character in even though you're not playing as them. Yeah, I'm really excited to uh, see how that's going to play out. Uh, that comes out on March 21st, I think, in, yeah, that sounds in right. North America. And then uh, looking at it now, March 23rd in Europe, Ooh. which probably means the rest of the world, too. So we're going to get it two days early. Uh, granted, I will have class, so I won't be able to play it. Is that a Tuesday? Games come yes, out on that Tuesdays, is a right? Tuesday. Okay, yeah. yeah, so I'll have to wait to the weekend as well. Yeah, um, so but, we'll try to get in playing time before that to get a little bit of a review, at least for the beginning of the yeah, game. Yeah, we should be able to review it that weekend, probably. At least we'll have some sort of content between the both of yeah, us. Yeah, at least some early early stuff. Yeah, so it uh, something I find interesting is one of the crew members is Cora Harper, and she shares the same last name as Jack Harper, also known as the Elusive Man oh, from the original that. series. That is so I don't know if I she'll have if there's ties. some sort of relation. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it it would be interesting to tie that back into the original series and have kind of this like underlying threat within your crew. Mm -hmm. Like if she yeah, has ulterior really motives, cool. and I and you can hook up with her as evidenced by the trailer. Uh, I do I do like that they're uh, making it less relationship based on those hookup things you can have that relationship but you can also just like hook up with like pretty much every member of your team if you wanted to great i love it you're gonna do it aren't you you're gonna hook up with every member of your team everybody <laughs> i told you i can't 
I can't wait to shoot aliens and have space sex. <laughs> that, yeah, that was exact response to the trailer. I think that's just a theory we can all agree to in life. I mean, that'd be the dream. Yep. Okay, so moving on from Mass Effect, because Dylan's just sitting there looking wide-eyed at me. Yeah, he's he's a little lost. I'm Let's lost. talk about something that everybody's freaking out about. And what does The Last Jedi mean? Oh, so, for you, those oh, of, so for those of you that don't so, know, and so if you don't know, you're probably living under a rock. Uh, Star Wars Episode Eight, directed by Ryan Johnson, is titled Star Wars The Last Jedi. So, yes. what does that mean? I don't know. You tell me. Or maybe we'll tell you. All right. So, my theory... Good. Theories. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to die. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, Luke's going to bite the dust. No. No. I, not I, a I don't think they would do that. No, they just killed... Spoiler alert. They just killed Han Solo. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I really don't think they're going to kill Luke, because... Ray needs a lot of training. And one of the biggest things with Seven mm-hmm. was people are like, Ray's not trained. How does she take on these people? Mm-hmm. I like Luke's training her. I don't think they're gonna kill him off and leave Ray trainerless again. So Right. So I think they're they're both gonna stay alive because the plural of Jedi is, is Jedi. Jedi. So yeah. it can refer to a gaggle of Jedi. <laughs> or <laughs> that's true yeah a gaggle uh, like a gaggle of geese you know it's like you know You're like comparing jedi to geese yeah so it's like one geese or a gaggle <clears throat> of goose right right no yeah sorry a ge- no it's a goose gaggle of or geese. it's a gaggle of geese i just said that this was a, back. so it's, this was a it's poor a, analogy this is a really bad up. let me I start think over it's best to it i think it's best to refer what to about, darth maul when he said, at, le- at last, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. He meant all of them. He wasn't like, that one guy that I saw in we'll the reveal, desert. We'll reveal ourselves to just that one Jedi. Just Qui-Gon Jinn. Hello, Qui-Gon. Just we're we're, we're going to flash Qui-Gon real quick. Whoa, <laughs> oh, a different kind of reveal. Sorry. <laughs> so that's, that's my take on it, is that it's referring to Luke and Rey as collectively the Jedi. I, I actually had this, this discussion with someone on uh, Twitter the other day. Uh-oh, Twitter. And they were talking about what The Last Jedi means. And I was like, you know what? We just watched Han die. Yeah. Princess Leia is dead for real. If they take away Luke, like, there's just no reason to keep on it, going. Yeah, I mean, that, there is, because we're going to see a world without them. But It, w- it would be I really unfortunate. It. <clears throat> yeah, it would be really unfortunate if Luke died, especially with... Carrie Fisher recently passing away mm-hmm. because they would have already had that written. Oh. So like they could have just lost, they could have written Luke out to die <clears throat> and then lost the actress who plays Leia and lose her as well. And then, and then your original three main actors are all gone. Yeah. Plus Luke's finally a badass. Like yeah. That we're, like, we're not just... going to, we're not oh. going to get whiny Luke anymore. Like we get badass Luke. Yeah, like who stands on cliffs and stares off into space and meditates and then turns around and pulls down his hood and his hair flows and he's got this glorious beard of justice. Yeah. It's oh. Amazing. Like the original trilogy is great, but Luke is kind of a pansy. Yeah. And I love how he doesn't try to cover up his robot hand. He's just like it's here, deal with it. Yeah. There it is. 
one okay so one thing i did read though and this yes. is kind of interesting and i don't know if i agree with it but it would be really cool is that it's referring to snoke do you guys hmm. see this no i have not no so that it's uh so like the jedi order that we know is actually a new incarnation of the jedi because last can also refer to previous so if you read it like the previous jedi the previous rather than the final yeah Mm. um then it's referring to snoke because he's been around forever we know that he's been around forever right so maybe there was before we knew the jedi council in the prequels there was an order of jedi before that and the knights of ren is like a reassembling of that trying to come back to what the last Jedi were. Okay. And so it's kind of referring to Snoke trying to bring people to bring the Jedi back to that. Okay. I don't know if I agree with it, but I think it's something really interesting that we could discuss and would be, you know, interesting if it happened. See, that's, that would be interesting, but I'm not so sure that, um, I'm not sure how they would make it work, you know? I mean, well, they have a clean slate now, you know, with the all the extended universe being legends now. Like, they can write a history however they want. True. That is true. And we don't know who Snoke is. Like, I think he's Plagueis. And I think... I also think he's Plagueis. Yeah, I think everybody yeah. thinks he's Plagueis. But may, like, maybe... We don't know much about Plagueis. Maybe he was one of the original Jedi. Although I, I did see something funny on Facebook today. I meant to tag you guys in it so you could see it. But uh, there's all the controversy of who Snoke is. And someone took the picture of that stormtrooper that hits his head in A, a New Hope. Yeah. And then put Plagueis underneath it and circled the big like dent in the middle of his forehead. <laughs> That's like... That's funny, but what if that actually happened? <laughs> that would be amazing. Like, talk about a complete just, plot twist that no one saw coming. That would be I, kind of awesome. I hate the Empire because they don't make their doors tall enough. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think I think Snoke is not going to be uh, massive. I think Snoke is going to be actually, like, uh, have Little Man Complex. I think he's going to be a Napoleon character. And the reason that he has those uh, massive chambers built for the installations that he's not attending is so his hologram can be massive and he can intimidate his subordinates. And then we're going to finally see him in person in episode eight. Kylo Ren's going to report to him and be like, my master, and kneel down. And so he's going to be like a four and a half foot tall guy. I, I kind of agree with that yeah. because, I mean, uh, Snoke is also being played by Andy Serkis. Mm-hmm. And Serkis is a very tiny guy himself. Therefore, like, I just kind of feel like it's fitting that he'd be really small. And also, it makes sense because you think of the Jedi. Who was the leader of the Jedi? Yoda, this you know, three-foot-tall... Like, yeah, so small. This yeah. three-foot-tall creature. And, you would, you, and he always said, judge me by my size, do you? Mm, it would be the yeah. same thing with Snoke. Uh, you look yeah. at him like, oh, he's, he's, he's tiny. It's no big deal. And then he just wrecks your, sh- just wrecks your stuff. 
What if it's Tyrion Lannister? <laughs> they both have those facial scars. That's true. I mean, you give him some blonde hair, it works. It fits. <laughs> yep. Between between the book descriptions of him and, and what we've seen of Snoke. You know what? The, You're not that far off. That's going to be the huge twist at the end of Game of Thrones is that Tyrion gets blasted off into space. And it's sucked through a wormhole and goes to a galaxy far, far away. And it's already a long time ago because it's Game of Thrones. That's true. There Works. we go. We solved it. Supreme Leader Snoke is Tyrion Lannister. <laughs> we might as well just write the next All right, movie. everybody. You got it here first. Don't bother watching any more of the movies or any more of Game don't, of Thrones. Don't bother watching. We've spoiled it for you. Don't bother watching episode eight. We already know what happens. We just told you. This is it. Back to back to him being probably Darth Plagueis and not Tyrion Lannister. Yes. Uh, there's Much actually more a, there's actually a good amount to back that up. Uh, mainly in uh, the not canon description of Darth Plagueis being the moon race, which uh, that is the main race of the banking clan. If you remember from uh, the prequel trilogy, they're the really like long-faced ones. And if you look at Snoke, he's very long-faced despite his mangled appearance. Was, uh, was Ki Adi Mundi a, a moon? He was like no. the the mountain head guy. Or is this something else? No, I know, I know what you're talking about. Um, let me pull up uh, close. Um, he's Syrian. It's a similar like. I mean, Kiati Mundi was basically an egghead. Yeah. Like, like, like a conehead from the movie Coneheads. Yeah, I was gonna say um, conehead, but. I'm looking at... Um, oh, right, okay, I just looked yeah, at... The yeah, moon, the moon yep. species. Uh, I mean, it could work. So could the Syrian. Um, just based on how Plagueis looked... Or, sorry, how uh, Snoke looked in Episode 7. And... Uh, yeah, I can see that. And Palpatine himself said that Darth Plagueis was so powerful that he could even... Uh, control and create life. So it's not uh, absurd to jump to the conclusion that he could have uh, created a new form for himself in his death throes. Because it's never, it's not said how Darth Plagueis was killed, just that his apprentice, presumably uh, Palpatine, um, right. Yeah. Killed him, betrayed him, and murdered him. So it it could be possible that Plagueis created a new form for himself, and in the way of uh, Voldemort, took a while to get it going. Right. And it is, it's actually said that Plagueis is killed, right? Yes. Yeah. He. Okay. He straight up okay. says that his apprentice betrayed and killed him. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was actually said or just implied, because, you know, the prequels mm -hmm. are just a blur. Mm -hmm. They really are. <clears throat> Three is the best of the sequels, uh, because... Prequels. 
prequels. Yeah, prequels. They're they're sequel prequels. Let's get this. Let's get this together. <laughs> <laughs> What's Rogue but, One? Uh, that is the prequel, sequel, prequel. Yeah, that. The sequel to it's the prequel the, to the sequels. Yeah, yes. it's it it's the it's the sequel to the prequels, which were prequel sequels. Yeah, two sequels yeah. came out, then three prequels came out, then another sequel came out, and then a prequel. But it's a sequel yeah. to the prequels. Yes. Yeah. I'm going right. to go with yes. There we go. We solved it. Okay. Got it together. Solved all kinds of issues today. That's all right. Let's just keep our heads out of our asses and we should be okay. <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> uh, Something with Snoke about being... Darth Plagueis and Snoke. Right. Snoke is Plagueis. <laughs> a banker? Sm- Smoke is either... Tyrion Lannister or Plagueis. No in between. Yeah. What no are the two options? Nothing. There's he's either Ooh, one of what two. What if he's what if he's both? What if Tyrion Lannister got tossed back to the moment that Plagueis died and Plagueis implanted himself and his powers into Tyrion Lannister's body? This is so elaborate. <laughs> what if Snoke is Peter Quill's father? No, he's not. This will be our gateway to the Marvel Universe. I think we should get back on track with our predictions of Episode 8. Now, this is my feeling on the title, The Last Jedi. Uh, It pulls from a few things, including a book by the same name. I don't think there's any inspiration actually drawn from that, because that was about a lone Jedi that survived Order 66, and he gets hunted down and killed by Vader. Uh, fun fact, yeah. that would make a great movie. It would. <clears throat> That'd be um, sweet. We need a Darth Vader movie we, now. We can talk that in a later episode, because I have a solid plan for a Darth Vader solo film. Great. But uh, as for Episode 8, uh, what I feel that The Last Jedi is about is I feel like... Luke, in, you know, his however long it's kind of not established, however long he was in exile, I think we can assume it was somewhere around 15 years um, based on the age that Ben Kenobi would have been when he went to train with Luke, or not Ben Kenobi, Ben Solo. Solo. There we go. Sorry. Ben right. Solo uh, There's cup. too many Bens. <laughs> ben Solo Cup. So many Bens. Couldn't he, they have named him ben like Solo Anakin? Cup. He cuts you up. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but uh, With his lightsaber. I'm done. <laughs> All right. So um, the age he would have been when he went to train, how long it would have taken him to get to the level he needed to actually overthrow Luke's Jedi Academy. Uh, We can assume it's probably been somewhere between 10 and 15 years that Luke's been in exile. Um, I think in that time, he has probably uh, come to the conclusion that the Jedi Order was too flawed to continue because the Jedi... If we look at it from not, if we look at it from America with the left and the right, 
You cannot be full left or full right because Correct. you you are just too off base and you will be blinded by it. So I think Luke will have come to the conclusion that the Jedi cannot continue as they were and it needs to be adapted to where the students learn from the dark side but learn to overcome the emotions that the dark side feeds upon. Therefore, uh, while they are still, can be looked at as Jedi, they're not true Jedi because they do practice the dark side. And that's why it's the last Jedi, because there won't be any The last Jedi, because they won't, they won't be true Jedi after that. That's pretty good. Dylan, any thoughts? Uh, I mean, I've researched a little bit. I'd found uh, possible script leaks. And there's some stuff on there that I like, but there's also stuff I'd like to dispute. Um, basically, to start off, like, it sounds like this is going to be a lot like uh, Empire Strikes Back. Not, I mean, it's very similar to how The Force Awakens mirrors A New Hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just kind of something along those lines, but there's diff- there's subtle differences, stuff like that. Um, one thing that got brought up immediately is, of course, no, the big question everyone wants to know is who's raised parents? Well, yes. uh, oh, yeah. and no, a lot of people have the theory that, no, she's Luke's daughter or something along those lines. Well, this, what I've looked up, it says... Uh, Ray is angry at Luke because she guesses that he was her father and is angry at him for abandoning her. Luke turns to her and says, No, you are my father. What? Oh, yeah. Ray is is the the reincarnation reincarnation? of Anakin Skywalker, but it's not just Anakin. Yeah. The the theory is that the Chosen One of the Force is reincarnated every time the galaxy falls into disrepair. Yeah, and And I hate that. That's, that, that's the thing. Is like, it's an interesting idea, but at the same time, it's too out there. Yeah, it's, well, then and the, it's been done too many times. Well, yeah, then, in other ways. Well, and then people have brought up, well, why does if Anakin was the chosen one, then why does it say that? Why does Yoda say that he feels such darkness in it? Well, the con- the concept is along the lines of the chosen one is so powerful that it is always drawn toward the dark side, but has to find the balance between both. But this, the whole reincarnation thing has been iffy for me. I don't like plus, it. Plus, I don't want any references back to Hayden Christensen. <laughs> yeah, let's just, I just don't. keep him out. Cause plus, then I, it's like Avatar The Last <clears throat> Airbender, where it's like, they're just re- the hero is reincarnated. Yeah. 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 So I really hope that's not, that's not the route they choose to go. I'm more <laughs> along the lines of her, I'm more along the lines of I want her to be a Kenobi. Yes. I think we're all in agreement that we want her to be a Kenobi. Yeah. Granddaughter of Obi-Wan. And we talked about this amongst ourselves like two weeks ago, but it's worth bringing up now. Yes. There is, Dylan, you found that video that you had tagged us in. um, Yes. Where it talks about her being a Kenobi and her and Kylo Ren both had force visions of each other. Yes. And so that's why like he kind of knows about her. And that would make sense as to the scene where he grabs the uh, one guy and says, what girl? Because he would be yeah. like, oh, 
is it the girl that I've seen in my visions? Yeah, and it's like this whole complicated thing that we don't need to get into Super now. Super complicated. But yeah. I did think it made sense. Oh, one last piece of our theory is with the recent passing of Carrie Fisher, rest mm-hmm. her soul. Um, R.I.P. We, we, we were talking about episode nine then of what's going to happen in episode nine. And our theory was that they do a Jedi funeral for her where they burn yes. her body. Everybody's uh, there. Luke's hanging out. And then Kylo's just kind of hanging out in the back, <laughs> just looking like himself because he's already emo. Uh-huh, yes. And Luke and Kylo see each other and they say, you know, she's my sister, she was my mother. They go out to the Dexter Jetster's pub. Uh, they have a, oh no, it's a cafe. They go to Dexter Jetster's cafe, they have a drink, share a sandwich, talk about the good old years. Uh, Luke reveals that he kissed her, Kylo gets pissed, one hour lightsaber battle for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Uh, before we move on, if anyone that's listening is interested in the the video that we were talking about uh, discussing uh, Ray's lineage, uh, it yeah. is plain and simple on YouTube. Ray is a Kenobi dash Star Wars theory, and uh, that is Vincent Vendetta and, is the YouTube channel. And it is we'll a twenty five. And it is a twenty five minute video, so you will want to set aside some time to watch it. Yes, or play it on double speed. Yes. Or, yeah, yeah. If, if you can do that, play it on double speed. Yeah. Time we'll and a half, something our, like that. We'll put it up on our Facebook, too, so people can find it easily. Yep. Yeah, we'll do the, that. Like, the, uh, the three people that listen to this. Yeah, I mean, my mom, your mom, and my wife's brother. So, yeah, three. Yeah, uh, exactly. Dylan's mom's not going to listen. Let's not nah. get ourselves. Nah, nah, she doesn't care. <clears throat> nah. So, right. we're going to move done. right along, then, and we're going to dip into movies and TV. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So since it's Pro Bowl weekend, we felt that it would be appropriate to go with uh, <clears throat> sports-themed movies and TV this week. Normally, we're probably going to go with um, what's happening in movies and TV or something based along those lines, but we just felt with uh, what's happening yep. today, this works. Oh, you so, know what, though? Yes. Um, the Oscar nominations came out at the beginning of this week. Ooh. So I could just, we don't need to go through all of them, but I'll just read off the best picture. Yeah, yes. rattle off nomination. the best picture. Yeah. Um, so we've got Arrival, Fences, mm-hmm. Hacksaw Ridge, Heller Highwater, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. And surprisingly right. not included with that is Deadpool. And you may say, why Deadpool? And that's because it is up for Best Picture with the Producers Guild Awards, which hey, are usually ooh. a good sign for what the Oscars are going to include. So I was hmm. very excited for that, but it didn't get it. And that's too I've bad. seen two of these. Arrival's um, really great. Is it? Hmm. I saw Arrival. Hacksaw Ridge, and uh, that's, the, that's one of the top five war films I've ever seen. It was very good. Nice. I have seen none of those, but they're like all of them are on my list to see. I, I, I recommend Heller High Water to everybody. Yeah, 
it's amazing. It's a, a modern day Western, and it's oh, okay. so good. Uh, see, ben I Ben Foster's I incredible. When did that come out? Uh, September. Hmm. No, it was way before that. It would have been July because I was still working okay. at the ArcLight, and that's the only yeah. reason I knew about it and why I saw it because it was free, hmm. and I saw it twice. And nice. I'm not a Western person. Yeah. But it is well, that's cool. quite good. If I had to guess, I, I'm thinking La La Land might get it because it's gotten just rave reviews. Everyone yeah. that's seen it seems to love it. Yeah, but if they want to make a statement, Hidden Figures, because it's about yes. black yeah. women. True. But when do the Oscars ever make statements, right? Never. Uh, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and get on with, yeah, uh, we can move on, with sports stuff. We've seen um, three of those collectively, so we don't need to talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to start with TV because there's, there's less content to draw from. Uh, you'd be surprised how few uh, sports TV shows there are, actually. I'm going to mostly kind of rattle these off, but I've got some snippets about a few. Uh, we're going to start at number 10 with first and 10. Um, this, this was, uh, I think it was 1984 to 1991, um, and it starred, among others, O.J. Simpson. No. Yes. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> so... Uh, the series follows the on- and off-field antics of the fictional football team, the California Bulls. Is this a pro um, team or like a... Yes. Pro team. Yeah, pro it's team. It's a made-up pro team. It's, okay. it's yes. American Football League, so it's substituting the NFL. Um, yeah. So, uh, quick synopsis of it. Um during the, during the first season, Diane Barrow becomes the owner of her ex-husband's team as part of a divorce settlement after he had an affair with the team's tight end. Oh. I bet he didn't have that this, side of an end. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This, this is a very this progressive is show. This is, yeah, late 80s, maybe, early 90s. This is a very progressive show. 84 to 91. Um... <clears throat> So, uh, oh, don't it, worry, sounds, it, gets better. it sounds fantastic. Uh, she quickly learns the ups and downs of pro football. In one episode, she is forced to coach the team herself after the head coach, Ernie DiNardo, is placed in the hospital. Uh, she has constant battles with her GM slash husband's nephew, who has dealings with the local mob and fights off advances made by her quarterback. Oh my goodness. I mean, it sounds like a fantastic it, show. At it least sound, horribly like entertaining. The, it sounds like a soap opera centered around football. It's It sounds just dreadfully entertaining. Was this uh, on the Oxygen Network? <laughs> I, look up I don't think the like. Oxygen Network was around back then. Uh, next up, number nine, Pros vs. Joes. If we all remember that. That show was just oh, uh, your everyday douchebag that thought that he could do the sports like, better than professional Like the athletes. guy who's a little bit better than everyone else playing pickup basketball. Yes. That thinks, oh, I could yeah. play in the NBA. This and then like, he goes up against Allen Iverson and just gets torched. This is like Austin saying that he could guard uh, MJ. That's oh, what we're talking about. I never about. said that. Well, I know you didn't, it, but that's it's the what equivalent we're of it. It's guys, it's guys. Sophomore year, Soup legitimately thought the Bulls were going to call him after high school. 
He's such an idiot. God, I love that dumbass. Uh, number eight, two days. If you remember, that, that followed a real-life high school team that was uh, constantly in the playoffs, had multiple state championships. The Hoover Bucks. Uh, oh. From Alabama. Um, the me. It falls at number eight because the show's downfall was uh, moving away from the sports action and into the off-field nonsense like the players' dating lives. Yeah. Things that we didn't watch the show for. Oh, no, you we mean watched that... the show for the football. You mean real-life <laughs> high school teenagers aren't interesting enough? <laughs> not at They're all. They're not, because all their relationships are crap. Their <laughs> problems don't matter. Number seven, Playmakers. Uh, it aired on ESPN from August 26, 2003 to November 11th. 2003. Uh, it uh, only aired seven Wait. episodes, um, but it depicted the lives of the Cougars, a fictional football team, in an unidentified city. The show starred some people that uh, pretty much, other than Omar Gooding, you wouldn't really recognize their names, and, and that's if you recognize Omar Gooding. I don't recognize Omar um, Gooding. Oh, I'm sorry. The show ran 11 episodes. I got the wrong Evan in there. Uh, it was the first original drama series created by ESPN. Uh, the ratings were the very only. high. Probably. Yeah. Um, the ratings were very high. Um, and it was, in fact, the highest rated show on the network other than Sunday Night Football and Saturday Night College Football. Um ESPN eventually canceled the series due to pressure from the NFL, who disliked the portrayal of the negative aspects of its players' lives off the field. Because they were so accurate. <clears throat> exactly. Wow. They okay. actually interviewed real-life players and drew from their actual off-field experiences. A, l a lot of the actors, like, <clears throat> like, did the whole shadow thing for, like, a week with retired NFL players uh, and saw yeah. what their lives were like and asked their stories and just, like, they did real homework on it. <clears throat> and that's cool. It was it was so accurate with everything. The NFL is like, yeah, we're shutting this down. I gotta yep. check that one out then. What's it called? Yeah, uh, Playmakers. 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 Yeah. Playmakers. Okay. Just eleven episodes, so it's not like you're committing a whole bunch of time to it. It's worth a worth a peek. Yeah. Number six, Ballers, which is currently on HBO, starring The Rock. I mean, starring uh, The Rock yeah. is enough to get it on the list. Everything The and Rock HBO. puts his hands on now is gold. Yeah, it's actually very highly rated on HBO. Um, uh, it is The Rock plays a former player, now an agent, uh, for a professional football player, and it, it follows his uh, dealings in that lifestyle. <clears throat> uh, number yeah. five, Coach. Uh, this ran yeah. from 1989 to 1997, so long run, aired 197 episodes. Great show. Yeah. I have yep. seen some of this one. Uh, I was telling Dan earlier that I remember watching the show as a kid. I don't remember a whole lot of the show, but one thing I do remember is uh, one episode, it starts out with uh, the coach's wife and her friend talking, all of a sudden the front door opens, and the high school band comes in, and they start playing and marching around, throwing confetti, and then the coach comes in with the ball and goes, We won! <laughs> Number four, the original American Gladiators. Ooh, yeah. That was so much fun, and 
not just because of the outrageous hair that all the gladiators had. <laughs> Is the new one on that list? Uh, no, not at all. <sighs> I actually liked the new one. Uh, the new one was, I don't know, it just wasn't the same. Uh, no, it wasn't, but it was fun. <clears throat> it was fun, but it's it was... interesting. It was not quite as good as the original American Gladiators. Yeah. I regard American Gladiators as uh, probably what inspired everyone now comp competing on American Ninja Warrior. Well, the the Rocket from the new series, which you guys hate, uh, he was he won the season one. He has done a lot of American Ninja Warrior stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, hasn't won though. Is that on the list? No, I should have had it on here. That's an oversight by me. Um, so let's get into the final three here. Uh, Dylan and I had some debate about the three and two positions, but this, again, is my list. So uh, <laughs> number three, Blue Mountain State. Oh, so funny. I, lo I love this show. I I've felt like it was, it. it was really cut short of, of reaching its full potential. It got canceled after... Third season, I want to say. Uh, yeah, I think so because I think there are only three. Because uh, you have Alex Moran's uh, freshman year, sophomore year, and then his junior year, he gets suspended. Yeah, that's right. And then they have the because uh yeah it would have been Thad Castle's senior year. Yeah, Thad Castle, great character. Yeah. Oh god, that that movie was weird. <laughs> like. Like, I love the build-up to it, because they're like, this is what we want, this is, we're making the movie how we would have wanted to make the TV show. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I got there, I'm like, you guys wanted to make the show really weird. Yeah, like, it, it was. They uh, wanted a lot of full frontal male nudity in the show, and they did not get it. That's what happens when you let people off the leash. Yeah. Those creative types, man. Yeah, darn creative people. Uh, okay, so, number two. number two, Friday Night Lights, the show, yep. uh, following up on the success of Friday Night Lights, the movie. Um, it starred Michael B. Jordan, so, I mean... Oh, not, yeah, until like season, that. not until, like, season uh, three or four, though. You're right, but you know what? He's amazing, so... Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was very good. Like, he, like, of all the younger actors in that, he's... I, I mean, he's one of the best, but he might not be the best. I think the guy that played Matt Saracen may be a little bit better just because he had a rougher character to play. That's that's fair. But, I mean, he's very good, very talented. Uh, Dylan made the same argument against Two Days that um, in the later seasons it moved too much away from the on-field action and into the personal well, lives like, of the characters. Like in the first yeah. season, every episode, like you got to witness some form of game. Like, like every week there was game footage, there was actual, like, them on the field playing a game. So you got to watch that. And then, like, by season three, it became, oh, we got this big game coming up, but you never got to actually see them play a physical game. And it's just like, that's, that's why I watch the show. I think that's I when I stopped watching. I don't watch the show for Jason Street's Mexican trip to fix his paralysis. Truly unfortunate. Number yeah. one, yeah. the Number league. One. The league. Yes. I think we can all agree. The league, uh, while it's not a conventional sports show, uh, they follow the the football goings-ons very closely. They talk a lot about it. Yes. And I love 
how many actual players they get on the show. Oh, and the players actually yeah. like really want to be on the show too. Like that's the well, cool thing. Like Marshawn Lynch asked to be on the show. And that's Marshawn Lynch. Because Marshawn I mean, Lynch is awesome. Beast mode, baby. And oh just and like it really if you're part of a fantasy football league like this with a bunch of old friends, like this is exactly what it's like. You just talk crap to each other all the time. It's what yeah. I wanted our league to be. Yeah. Except I mean, we're all in different places. Yeah. Exactly. It's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, you're Austin, you're literally like Ted in that league because you <laughs> literally live out in LA. Yeah. And we just have to converse by text messages and videos. And FaceTiming now, yeah. And FaceTime, woo. Uh, bottom line, the characters are great. We all have an Andre, and Soup. we hate Soup. him. Um, and we're going to get into movies now. Yep. So with how many awesome sports movies there are, I decided to break it down into two lists, comedies and then more traditional dramas um, to give each their due, you know? Um, yeah. So we're going to start with comedies. At number 10, we're ranking Space Jam. Yes. Now, a lot of people might be upset by Sp Space Jam falling to number 10 because we all loved it growing up, but go back and watch it, people. It does go not back age and watch well. It, <laughs> it no. did not age well at all. Oh <laughs> um, <clears throat> number 9, Dodgeball. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta follow the five D's, people. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. And gar <laughs> is still in my daily vocabulary. Gar! And, and, gar. I, and I say on a semi-regular basis that no one makes me bleed my own blood. Oh, that's a great line. I mean, yeah. seriously. It's so quotable. So, it's so a, many good quotes. So many good one-liners. And Alan Tudyk as Steve the Pirate is just phenomenal. He's amazing. So good. Um, <clears throat> number eight. Number eight. White men can't jump. Arguably, it could have gone higher on the list, but you know what? I might not have seen this since, uh, like, the 90s, so. <laughs> I, I actually just watched it on TV not too long ago. And, I mean, it's funny, but, I mean, it, it could have been better. High points, it stars Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. And they actually are a good comedy duo. Yeah, that's, for, a, that's a good yeah. back and forth. That's pretty but, good. But Woody Harrelson's character is just so much of a just complete bag of shit <clears throat> that it, nah, you just, it's, it's, again, it's just not as good as it could have been. Yeah, but, but he can be it, like that because he can't jump. Yeah. <laughs> So, number seven. Number seven, we're going to group it with number six because we're going back to back with Adam Sandler here. Uh, number seven, Longest Yard. Number six, The Waterboy. Both great both, football movies. Both great. Both very funny. Yeah. A lot of fun moments in both Waterboy, probably more quotable because Captain Thino shows no mercy. Um, no, Colonel Sanders, you're wrong. <laughs> Mama's right. I. I constantly, yeah. I, I even at work the other day, someone was saying something, uh, someone was talking about something their mom said, and I just turned like, well, mama's wrong again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, great. I'd say Waterboy above Longest Yard, because Longest <clears throat> Yard is kind of forgettable. 
Yeah, like, it's one of those where it's like, oh, he did do that, and that was a good movie, but yeah. I don't really need to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, there's there's like flash flash in the pan moments where uh, when you watch it, you're like, oh, that's such a great moment. Like, group hug in the shower tonight. Yeah. And it's probably <laughs> Terry Crews' best role. Or not. Oh yeah, that, I mean it's so good. Oh man, that nut! You assholes better not cut me. I'm still on this team. <laughs> Negative two. Uh, <laughs> Somebody bring me a diet coke. Uh, we'll move along to number five. Um, Bull Durham. Oh, I love this one. <clears throat> Dylan, would you like to just go ahead and give some insight on why you yep. love Bull Durham? Uh, Bull Durham is just awesome because I mean. It's a Kevin Costner movie, and Kevin Costner is a huge baseball fan, so anytime he's in a baseball movie, it's just perfect. Um, Bull Durham follows, basically, well, really, it's kind of centered around uh, the main character played by uh, Susan Sarandon, who's Annie Savoy, and she uh, works for the Durham Bulls minor league baseball team, and her thing is she kind of takes one player under her wing and teaches them through sexual ways. Oh. Uh, but but then there's the other two characters, uh, Nuke Lelouch, who is played by Tim Robbins. I want to say that's right, but for some reason I... I'm going to go with yes, Tim Robbins. All right, well, and then, like I said, Kevin Costner. Yep, Tim Robbins, okay. And then uh, Kevin Costner plays Crash Davis, and this movie's just funny because Crash Davis is the old veteran catcher who is just constantly stuck in the minors, and he's having to mentor... Nuke, who's the young hotshot pitcher who's trying to make it to the majors. And there's just a bunch of funny lines in there. Uh, I always enjoy, There's one part where the pitcher wants a certain wants him to call a fastball, but he won't. So then he just keeps telling him, yeah, this son of a bitch is throwing a two-hit shutout. He's shaking me off. You believe that shit? Charlie, here comes the deuce. When you speak of me, speak well. And then the batter just tees off on it. And there's a time where it happens earlier, and he tells him not to shake him off. So then he, the second game, he does it, goes out there, and all Nuke says is, you told him it was a curve, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and just the banter between Tim Robbins and Kevin Costner is amazing. That's the magic of the movie. So that's why yeah. I really like it. Uh, number four, right. Talladega Nights. Ooh, yes. Although we, are we considering NASCAR a sport? We are in this case. We are because of the legitimate physical toll that driving that fast for that long actually does take on a driver. Yes. Like being invisibly on fire. Got it. Yeah. I mean, come on. The invisible fire. Also going that long, uh, either without pooping or having to poop all over yourself, that's dedication to your craft. I mean, come on. Let's be real there. Yeah. Don't they have, like, a tube or something? No. No. They literally they just urinate don't. and poop in the suit. <laughs> if they have oh, to. Oh, I, I definitely thought they had, like, some sort of filtration system that they go no. in. And suck they have a hydration system. Yeah, they have a hydration system. And then they can press a button, and it does, like, an oil slick out the back. <laughs> but it's human feces. Ah, I believe you are thinking of the interpretation of where the oil slick in Mario Kart comes from, sir. Ah, yes. <laughs> Oh my god, that would make NASCAR so much more interesting. No, it's just a track not. just covered in crap. Well, it looks like we got some feces on the track. We're gonna have to yellow flag this. 
Um, but I don't think I don't think anyone <laughs> can argue how quotable and fun Talladega Nights is. Uh, what with Baby Jesus? Dear Baby Jesus, we go together like cocaine and waffles. <laughs> I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. I'm eight years old, but I'll beat your ass. Oh, yeah. I gotta Uh, tell you, Granny, this blows. (laughs) And my personal favorite that I use anytime someone's unnecessarily angry. Someone didn't love you when you were little, did they? (laughs) I Um, actually sent that tweet to uh, Tommy Lahren. Nice. Uh, Number three, Bad News Bears. Which one? That is true. The older one or the new one with Billy Bob Thornton? Uh, the older I'm one is Walter s- Matthau. I'm going to say the older one. Okay. I'm going to say the older one, too, because it had more swearing. And the kids were funnier. Instead of them just being like, no, the new one is just like normal kids. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing. I went nothing... to school with a kid that was in the new one. What? What? Yeah, the little, the little and, black kid. And we're... We're just now finding this out. Little black kid, huh? I'm gonna find him. Yeah, did Kenneth? I tell you that? Kenneth yeah, Casey Harris. Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up his oh, picture man. right now. Look at that yeah, guy. He was in, oh, he's in LAFC he, with me. That's a good looking guy. Puberty worked on him. Cause he was an ugly kid in the movie. No, no offense to you, Kenneth, if you're listening. If you're listening, Casey. You're not. You're a good looking dude. I. Was, I feel like in most cases, when it's not a movie that requires special effects, the original is is usually better. And that's why I am going with the original Bad News Bears. Yeah. N- nothing also, Bad against News the Bears because the Bad News Bears was basically our story this year for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, oh, yes. I mean, essentially. Bad news, you guys. We lost three quarterbacks this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bad news, you guys. We still suck. Uh, number two, uh, everyone loves it. You really can't hate it. The Sandlot. Oh, it's so oh, good. Oh, yes. That's impossible to hate. Anyone who's ever not seen it, I automatically respond with, you're killing me, Smalls. And then they, they say... They don't get it, and then I'm mad. <laughs> yeah. Killing me, Smalls. You haven't seen this movie? Let me hit you with a quote, and they get mad when you don't understand the quote. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, then they're like, What's that from? And I'm like, maybe you should see a movie. That, bro. That, that movie taught me how to make a s'more properly. Yeah. Because you got to roast the mala. Oh, uh, <laughs> yep. That movie taught me that you don't want to throw like a girl. Movie also taught me that if James Earl Jones is your neighbor... Then you are the luckiest person ever. Then that stop awesome. being afraid of his dog and go talk to the old man. Dang. Why are you afraid of a dog anyway? That dog is cool. Right? It such a nice dog, too. All yeah. it wanted was to get out and play with the kids. I know, right? As a former owner of a St. Bernard, they're amazing dogs. Get yourself one. Is the dog actually a St. Bernard or is it like a crossbreed? Uh, you know what? It might be a Mastiff, but they're so close in actual relation. Mastiffs and uh, St. Bernard. What if it was a cross of a Mastiff and a St. Bernard? Uh, it would just be like a smaller, furrier Mastiff then. Right. Uh, we'll move on to number number one. one. Caddyshack. Uh, 
endlessly quotable. Don't nobody worry about me. Everyone loved that gopher. Also, still love it. Yeah. Also, Bill Murray in that movie is probably the funniest he's ever been. And you know why? Because, because he improv every single yeah, line. He had no lines. They just said, do whatever you want, and he did. Also, he was the a, ground creeper for like a scene, and then they loved him. So they're like, you know what? Do the rest of the movie, too. Well, and there's a scene uh, with him and Chevy Chase in it. There's, that was not written. They just basically yeah. sat them on set and said, have a conversation as your characters, and we'll see what happens. And they <laughs> loved it. And it's so went good. With it. Also, Rodney Dangerfield's in it. Right. Like, there's so many good comedic minds in it. And yeah. I, I can't help uh, always busting out Rodney Dangerfield's uh, lines in it, because, especially because I work at a golf course. Oh, so, yeah, like, that's... so, like, guys come in, and I'll just be like, oh, with a head like this, I bet you get a free bowl of soup. Looks good on you, though. <laughs> so, and, something interesting with that, though is that I think this was, like, his first movie or one of his first movies. Yeah. And so he wasn't used to people not laughing at his jokes. And yeah. so he's on set telling all these jokes, and nobody's laughing, and he thinks that he's bombing, and he actually got, like, really pissed. And people had to explain to him, like, Rodney, like, I know you're... It's not that you're not getting any respect. It's that we can't laugh at your jokes or we're going to ruin the take. Yeah. I've, I've, heard, I've heard that, too, and I... Like, it's just funny for him to think at any point that he wasn't being hilarious. Because yeah. the lines are gold. Like, hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. Oh, God, that was the best. <laughs> I, I also break that line out every once in a while. <laughs> and Dylan lies to himself constantly. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Um, let's well, go when ahead. I say we're all, I mean, like... You all. Ah, yeah. Not, Every, not yeah. Everyone, you're all going to get laid. He just adjusts it for truth. Everybody um, else. Just, um, let's just rattle them off real quick. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, most of these don't need any defending or any explaining. Nope. There's maybe one that people haven't heard about, but uh, I'll give a brief, brief, brief explanation. Uh, okay. Coming in at number 10, A League of Their Own. Solid. Yep. Let's see. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to. Number pull nine, up. Creed. Which I know. I actually didn't see that it's one. It's so good. Like, I put it on par with the original Rocky movie. Again, it's an. Again, Michael B. Jordan, like, he's. He does really well with the character. Uh, they bring. <coughs> Once again. They bring Sylvester Stallone back, and they're. Yeah. Like, their chemistry together on screen is amazing. Uh, then number eight, we've got Rudy. That might be controversial for some because it's, it's beloved. It's controversial for me because I love that Dylan movie. Dylan was not happy. I'm sorry, but when a movie makes you cry, you immediately want to rank it in the top three. Uh, yeah, just like the Avengers. Also, if you don't cry at that movie, you have no soul. And I can't trust the you. the Avengers? Well, either that or Rudy. Yeah. Um... Then here comes the one people probably haven't heard of or seen. Number seven, The Pride of the Yankees. Um, now, the reason that I picked it is this actually follows the life and career of Lou Gehrig, including his final season when he had already been diagnosed with ALS. Um, and the movie's closing line is actually from 
Lou Gehrig's parting speech at his last MLB game. Um, Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. This a man that had been diagnosed with a degenerative disease that was going to capture him in his own body and kill him. Also, what are the odds that a guy named Lou Gehrig gets Lou Gehrig's disease? Oh, yeah, I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry, it was a cheap joke, but I love it. Number six, Hoosiers. I actually didn't like Hoosiers that much. You did not like I know I'm in the minority. Yeah, you are. Freaking minority. I just thought it was okay. You, 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 sir, just... I, I have no words. I just need to watch it again. You you do need to watch it again. You need to watch it with intent. Yeah. And be like, I'm going to like this movie. Yeah. I mean, maybe give yourself a little electroshock therapy to convince yourself that it's good. I agree. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Number five, the original Rocky. Yes. Uh, yep. None of the other Rockies make the list because... While they're not the same film, they're pretty much the same film. So uh, we're we're sticking with just Rocky One to uh, sit in for all of the Rocky movies. It's the best of them, and it makes the list. Number four, The Natural. Very good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and you can't go wrong with a Robert Redford movie. Yeah, just I can't. mean, let's. Let's be real. Uh, For people that aren't familiar with it, by the way, um, it is the IMDb short synopsis, an unknown comes out of seemingly nowhere to become a legendary player with almost divine talent. Uh, I believe that's about... Is he a minor league pitcher that comes up? Or is he an actual major leaguer? He was a major leaguer at one point and then goes back to the minors. Okay. Uh, number three, remember the Titans. Yes. Again, another one of those movies. I've already forgotten him, but I just remembered him. What? Hmm? Ah, he made it. He made a funny. I made a joke, but it was terrible. Yeah, you're 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 a good comedian. <laughs> <laughs> He, he's not funny unless he's telling poop jokes. That's true. Folks, maybe we'll give you snips of, snippets of the poop jokes one day. But that day is not maybe. this day. It is um, not. So, uh, I... Speaking of poop, number two. <laughs> number two uh, <laughs> is 42. I Oh, yes. Oh, that movie was amazing. Absolutely like... fantastic about one of the most iconic players in the sport and one of the biggest moments for the sport uh, in its history. Jackie Robinson, by the way, for those of you that don't know. Yeah, you uneducated swine. And Chadwick Boseman is just a powerhouse of emotion in that movie. And that really launched his career. Like, he's in everything now. Yeah, like Marvel's Black Panther. He's becoming like the new Sam Jackson. Yeah, like Marvel's Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Marvel's Nick Fury. And <laughs> number one. Nick Fury was the original Black Panther. Uh, number one is Miracle. Um, yes. It's one yeah. of the most powerful 
uh, movies there are, and uh, it's just like seriously the the event that is based on was so iconic for hockey in the United States. It's and an incredible is, true story. And this is the Americans beating the Russians in the Olympics, yes, right? And yes. The American hockey team uh, beating the Soviet Union in the 1980 Olympics at Lake Placid. Yeah. Yes. And it wasn't even the championship, was it? No, it was the semi. It was the semifinals. They went on to win the gold before that, but that was for them to get really a shot at the gold. Yeah, but that that was the moment. Yeah. That was the moment that turned the whole country around. It made America great again. It did, before it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question, though. Yes. Why isn't Field of Dreams on that list? All right. Field of Dreams, that was really tough to leave off the list. It really is. Um, I love the movie, but you know what? Everything else that's on the list, it's just, it's hard to put Field of Dreams above it. It, yeah. uh, it was a debate between A League of Their Own and the Field of Dreams for making the top ten. And Field of Dreams is kind of like a dad movie. Yeah, it's yes. more... Because it's, it's like more a son of, and his father. It's more of, and none of us are dads yet. It's more of a family movie that's like got baseball in it, whereas A League of Their Own is strictly about baseball. Yes. And, and the lives of the women who played during the war. That's what, that's what made the cut, because uh, pretty much all of... All of the movies that are on the list are more about the sport than included than just including the sport in it. Cool. So that is film and TV for the week. Yep. We will talk about something else next we'll week. We'll hit it hard with something that is current and relevant next week. Woo! Yes. Uh, so. So. Sports. <laughs> Dylan. Sports. What have you got sports. for us? We like sports, and we care who knows. Yeah. Okay, so something really big is happening next weekend, but I cannot remember what it is. Uh, it's the Super Bowl! Are you sure it's not the Puppy oh. Bowl? Well, the Puppy Bowl is happening too, and I'm excited about that. I think that's the big thing. Because, again, it's one of those things where if you're not excited about puppies, like climbing all over each other and playing with toys and being just adorable, you have no soul. It's much easier to get excited about the Puppy Bowl than it is to get excited about seeing Tom Brady pl- playing in yet another Super Bowl and probably winning again. And then yep. that awkward moment where Goodell has to hand him the Lombardi trophy. That's going to be my favorite meme starting on the day after. What is that? Uh, I believe that's the 6th, February 6th. It will be the 6th. Look out for the those memes. Is my birthday. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, so let's start, though, before we get to this, to where... We're going to end. Let's start with the playoffs and do like a quick playoff recap, kind of our thoughts on I was disappointed by the Cowboys. I was disappointed by the playoffs yeah. as a whole. Like all but all but two games it, were blowouts. I, and it was terrible. Like, oh my god. Okay, that the Packers Cowboys instant classic game. Oh, Loved that the was game. great. I was just Yeah, that's going to be one of like I was just wanting the Cowboys. Like, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I loved them this year. Having Dak and Zeke going as well as they did, I loved watching the Cowboys this year. The problem, though, was them going up against a team like the Packers, who had run the table after being, uh, I think, 5-4, and and then just running the table from 
Or I think they were five and six. Were they five and six? Yeah. Well, either way, like they yeah. had a they started the year off terribly. Yeah. As did the rest of the NFC. Because I, I think at week like seven, people were already counting the Packers out and saying, mm-hmm. you know, the this Vikings is Vikings or the Lions higher. Yeah, you're saying, you know, this is a rare down year for Aaron Rodgers <clears throat> and the Packers. Uh we're finally gonna see someone else dominate in the NFC North. And then the Vikings just lost all sense of everything. Um, injuries did play a part in that, but they lost their way. And the Lions, well, they were the Lions. Were the Lions. The Lions did Lions things. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, um, I'm kind of surprised that there's not a meme out there with uh, Aaron Rodgers as Scar and Matt Stafford as Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> Someone please make that Thank meme. You. Please do uh, send it to us on Facebook. Um, I will, and we'll take credit. For I will it. love you forever. Send it to us in the mail. I don't care. I just want. Yeah. Uh, make it, print it out, write our address on it, and send it to us, and then we will scan it in and post it online. Yes. Yeah, don't do that. I'm not giving you my home address. We'll give them Austin's. Ah, <laughs> there we go. Who wants a stalker? No, Austin wants a stalker. I hear that's the way to get famous. No. Austin was made for stalking. Mm-hmm. Not my fault that I have a pretty face. Out of all of us. It is your fault. Out of all of us, he's the only one with an IMDB page, which has As... mostly accurate information on it. <laughs> there are two things on that page, and one of them is wrong. <laughs> hey, 50%. Then why that's don't... Why st- don't why don't you tell... Oh, no. My mic wait is the, not for the microphone. Like... Who am I going to tell? Contact IMDB. I'm sure they Dear have Mr. a contact. Dear Mr. IMDB. You, you live in, you know this is you live in LA. Page. You have connections. Let me just walk down the street to the IMDB headquarters. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're right next door, aren't they? Yeah. I, you know, I live in Burbank, so they're just First, two blocks down. All right. First of all, Austin, you could tweet at them. Second of all, let me just go ahead and pull up the contact us. He, he would tweet at them if he was ever on Twitter. So we can all basically agree that the playoffs, except for the Packers-Cowboys game, well, it was pretty terrible. Like, that game was close, and then uh, the Steelers-Chiefs game was close, yes. but it was garbage because the Steelers won by kicking all field goals. Yeah, you... Yeah, you can't it was, let that happen. That's like with that high-powered awful. offense. There's there's no excuse. There's no excuse. It's so boring. So because Steelers were the only team that I thought stood a chance against the Patriots, and then they didn't stand. And a then chance. they did that. Oh god! Yeah, dude. and then they did that against the Chiefs, and I was like, well, I guess the Patriots are going to go to the Super Bowl. And look, because my initial right. prediction was Patriots Packers Super Bowl. Yes, I recall that. But I think ninety percent of the country said Patriots were going to go, so I don't feel special in calling that one. But I almost got the Packers. Yep. It was close. Uh, so, Dylan, what do you have for us? I actually have uh, some Super Bowl matchup statistics. Ooh, if people are interested in that. Stats. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, this is an interesting matchup because it features the two most efficient teams in the NFL this year. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by... I mean, that's what it should be. I mean, what, and what, well, you would think. But, I mean, uh, yeah. the Falcons had the best offense in the NFL. Patriots were right behind them yeah. at second. And then here's where it gets interesting. The Patriots had the seventh best defense. The Falcons, 22nd. 
Like yeah, they really struggled on defense this year. Well, I mean, they're also very young. Uh, seven of their eleven starters are in their rookie or second year. Yes. So Which is insane. Yeah. So they're gonna yeah, they're gonna that. be really good down the road. Yeah. In a couple of years. And that's really that's Dan Quinn's style. Yeah. It makes sense that they have have it young because this <clears> is his second year with the team. And so then, he's built this team. And then you have a guy like uh, yeah. Vic Beasley who's in his second year and he's really came on strong <laughs> in the second half of the season. I mean, he's oh, he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with next year if he stays healthy. And then another couple of things I got. Uh, the Patriots were the fourth best special teams in the NFL. Falcons are actually tenth best. So all in all, like it's and the Patriots were the most efficient team. Falcons were the second most efficient, but really that's because their offense was so good. Um, the average thirty three point eight points a game. Uh, total yards four hundred thirty and point five. Three hundred ten passing yards a game and one hundred twenty point five rushing yards per game. Uh, in the play, in the last five games for the Falcons, they outscored opponents 192 to 102, averaged 38.4 points a game, didn't score below 33 in the last five games they played. Jeez. And Jeez. they gave up 20.4 points a game. Now to compare that to the Patriots, this is where it gets scary for me. They outscored opponents 162 to 53. They scored 32.4 points per game, and gave up 10.6 a game. The most points the most the least amount of points they scored was 16 against the Broncos, who have a very good defense. So good. Yeah. So I don't really fault them for that, but other than that, like they just destroyed in the playoffs. Mhm. Like, Hold up. They gave up an average <clears throat> of a touchdown and a field goal per game. Yes, cuz that includes two games where they only gave up 3 points. <clears throat> That's an insane number. Yes. Well, one of those games was against uh the Raiders. Right. After without without Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Okay, yeah. So I give them a little bit of a, a little bit of an asterisk on that, but for the most part, I mean they're still a very good team, and I would like to not see Tom Brady win again, but I just feel like Tom Brady's gonna win again because he's not he's, he's not yeah. facing Eli. Eli he's, is his kryptonite. This is probably the best defense that the Patriots have fielded in the Super Bowl in it's up a while. Um, and Tom Brady has played lights out. Like he's he's usually lights out, but another interesting twenty eight to two touchdown intercept interception that's, this year. That's the other thing is the Patriots have not turned the ball over that much this year. Only two interceptions, and that's with three different starting quarterbacks. Like neither Jimmy Garoppolo or Jacoby Brissett oh, yeah. threw an interception. Tom Brady threw both of them, and he played twelve games this year. It's just been ridiculous, and it's, it's just and it's not like Garrett Blunt fumbles a whole lot. I think total they had like seven turnovers, so five fumbles and two interceptions. It's just it's insane. I want the Falcons to win because I want the Patriots to lose, <laughs> but that's the thing is it's not like it's not like people really have a rooting interest, but anyone that wants the Falcons to win is pretty much just not wanting the Patriots to win. Yeah, I really like the pie charts on Facebook. Yeah, it's like Patriots fans and then the rest of the world. Yes, basically. But, like, the more that we talk about these stats, the more I'm like, oh, well, the Patriots are going to win. Yeah, that's... It's, it's hard but to... But you never know. It's the Super Bowl. It's the thing is, it's one game. You never know what can happen. Uh, players could get hurt. Just things could be completely thrown out of whack. That's true. Brady could go down in the first quarter. Yeah. Gosh, wouldn't that be amazing? I mean, terrible. Of course... 
Matt Ryan could also go down in the first That's quarter. That's true. Like, you look at the national championship a few years back when it was Texas and Alabama. Colt McCoy went out in the first quarter, and Texas had no chance after that. But so, okay, so on the subject of Matt Ryan, though, since I brought him up, um, do we think that he is the MVP this year? And why? I do think he is the MVP this year. Yeah. Just because he's been the most consistent statistically out of all of them. Like, it's not like he went through a rough patch where he had a good game here and a bad game here or anything like that. He's just been lights out all season long, but he's done it quietly. Like, everyone's been so used to Atlanta being so strong offensively that they don't even they don't even recognize when he's having a really good year. Like, this year alone, uh, 373 completions, 534 attempts, 69.9% completion rating, uh, 4,944 yards, who so is just shy of 5,000. Uh, threw 38 touchdowns to seven interceptions and had a QB rating of 83.4 out of a possible 100. Like, he he did his job. I mean, and it help, always helps when you have Julio Jones to throw to. But it hasn't yeah. just been Julio. He's had he's found ways to get to Mohamed Sanu. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Gabriel became a big player for them this year. Oh yeah. Uh, Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman out of the backfield. Like he just finds ways to make it work. He's got so many weapons down there. Yeah, because like, yeah, because Julio had that three hundred yard game. Yes. Which is just insane. But he wasn't like as dominant. Yeah, not game not to as game much as, as like a think. year and two years ago. Yeah, I mean teams are finding ways to double him and. Yeah. Uh, really kind of neutralize him a little bit. You can't. You can never really af- completely take him out of the game unless no. you hurt him. But they're finding ways to. Kind of... Yeah, because there was that stretch that he was hurt, like every, like slightly hurt every game, and they were able to take him out. But Matt Ryan still found other people to. Yeah, he that's always, what he's doing. He so always well. seems to have like a foot or an ankle issue at some point during the season, and then it requires someone else to step up. And I think Muhammad Sanu's really stepped up, and I think he could be a number yeah. one receiver on a different team. And then Taylor Gabriel's perfect in the slot because he's so fast. He is pretty good. All right, I also have uh, some predictions on the NFL season awards. Yes. What's wrong and with Drew? Like, like we mentioned, uh, Matt Ryan right. MVP. I don't. I mean, there's going to be some discussion yeah. about that because Aaron Rodgers. Uh, during his run of the table was just absolutely incredible. Like, he, yeah, Rogers will be in there. <clears throat> Elliot and Prescott Elliot will be in, be in the, the conversation because too, he led the league in rushing. Mm-hmm. But I think they're gonna just be like, "No, you get Rookie of the Year, and you're good from there." <laughs> yep. Uh, but my my thing is Rogers yeah. during uh, when the Packers did their when the Packers ran the table, he threw he completed 142 passes. Out of 200 attempts, that's a 71% completion rating, 1,667 yards, and he threw 15 touchdowns to no interceptions. He didn't throw an interception until uh, he played Dallas. So literally like two months of two months of not turning the ball over. Oh, yep. yeah. It was incredible. So that's why I think he could be in the MVP discussion. But again, just because Matt Ryan was consistent over the whole season, he gave it to him. Yeah. But to that, <clears throat> yeah. But then Rogers to that effect, I second. think they'll give Aaron Rodgers Offensive Player of the Year. Because again, his numbers were just as ridiculous as 
Ryan's. Uh, 400, 401 completions. He threw he threw 610 passes, which is a lot in today's NFL. Uh, 65% completion rating, just shy of 4,500 yards. Threw, led the league in touchdown passes with 40, and also had seven interceptions, same as Ryan. Uh, his QBR was a little bit lower, though. It was 77.1. But just that, just that table run, I think, is good enough to get him Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, defensive player of the year was an interesting one because mm-hmm. there really was never a guy that set himself apart throughout the entire year. Like a lot of people are saying Von Miller could take it because he did well, but during the last few weeks, like he I, just never really set himself apart from anybody. But my personal pick, I think uh, Vic Beasley, because with his second half run, he really showed that he could be a guy to become a big name in this league. Uh, led the league with 15 and a half sacks. Also tied for the league league with six forced fumbles. Like he finds ways to get to the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, and he does very, That's he does a very good job getting to the quarterback, uh, disrupting the play, just finding a way to get in the backfield any way, shape or form when he's healthy. Oh, he's a beast. What team's he on? He's on the Falcons. Yes. Oh, okay. So we'll get to watch him in the Super Bowl and watch him next week. See, yeah. see if he can get to Brady. I think that's going to be one guy Belichick's going to look out for. So. Uh, offensive Rookie of the Year, obviously, it's, it's obviously between Zeke or Prescott, it's, and I give it to Zeke because he led the league in rushing. Yeah, 1,631 yeah, yards, fifteen touchdowns, and he rushed three hundred twenty-two times. My my argument against Dak is while he did great, if he doesn't have the dominant run game to support him, then there's there's not going to be as much opportunity for him to uh, find open players and have some of that space because with the run game, that commands that you have people in the box to respect that run. That is true. Yeah. But Dak Prescott still led his offense back against a yes. blazing Packers I mean, team oh, yeah. in that playoff proved- game that he's going to be an amazing starter down the line uh, for years yeah. to come. And that's why I had the Packers that's why I had the Packers over the Cowboys because they had the rookie quarterback and but, the rookie running back going up against a veteran quarterback, yeah. a veteran Packers team in the playoffs. And so that's why I kind of counted against the they Cowboys. Held their own. But they wow. really surprised they me in that game. Well. Yeah. I was like at the beginning I thought, yeah, this is how I thought mm-hmm. it was going to go. And then it, they just cranked it up to 11, and that game got amazing. Oh, that was yeah. a great second half. All right. Uh, defensive Rookie of the Year. This one was in, another one that's interesting because, again, no defensive player really set themselves apart. I know a lot of people will say Joey Bosa is the clear-cut one because he came out and played really great. But for my personal opinion, if you don't play a full season – I don't really hold you above anyone else. And he had that contract dispute, which cost him a few weeks of ac- active play. Mm-hmm. And just, but, that was so selfish. Just yeah, come on, man. It was. And there was the whole rumor that he didn't even want to play in San Diego. I, I, I don't know what the deal was with that, but, I mean, look, look looking past that, I my personal pick, I, have, I like Jalen Ramsey, the cornerback for the Jaguars. He gets overlooked because he plays in Jacksonville. Easy but this this is a kid that out of college was probably one of the high, highest touted prospects 
coming into the draft, and he lived up to it. His numbers don't really show it. Uh, 65 tackles, and he only got two interceptions. But teams did not want to throw the ball his way. He is a lockdown corner. He went up against some of the best wideouts in the NFL, and he did a very good job. I mean, he played his role. He's only going to get better as the years go on. And he's going to, again, he keeps going up against some of the top talent. Uh, he's he's your guy that's going to face off against Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, um, no guys like that. He's And he's going to do very well. He also was the guy that matched up against Steve Smith and got in Steve Smith's head, which is, in my regards, a com- real accomplishment because Steve Smith likes to keep his cool on the football field. Oh, yeah. So, he prides himself. Yeah, also, exactly. you, you look at his division, uh, he's going to be going up against um, Andrew Luck for most of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, whoever the Texans get to replace Brock Osweiler since he's trash. Um, $74 million, <laughs> whoops! And then Marcus Mariota. So he's going to be playing against at least two really good quarterbacks that have teams that are being built around them to feed them weapons. Yeah. All right, and my final award is a comeback player of the year, which this one for me was a no-brainer. It's Jordy Nelson. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jordy missed all of last season with a torn ACL. In the first game, on like the first pass that was thrown his way, uh, tore ACL, done for the year. Now he comes back this year. And he kind of has a quiet year, but he had 97 catches, 1,257 yards, and 14 touchdowns. He dominated. Touchdowns. Dominated. Absolutely. Oh, God. He found the end zone so many times. Uh, one of Rodgers' top targets. Like, the guy just does better when Jordy's in the lineup. Yeah. And we saw that We saw that in the playoffs. You know, he sat out one week, and Rodgers struggled a little bit, but he, find, he finds other guys and finds ways to get it done, but... Again, against uh, Dallas, just, oh, so that offense is so potent, and Jordy's a big part of that. Like, had he had a great year. Three catches shy of 100. I think, I'm pretty sure he led the league in receiving touchdowns, too. So, impressive, Probably, impressive comeback. a lot of touchdowns yeah. for a receiver in a single year. Yeah. I would not dispute it if, if Nelson got it. I'd be perfectly okay with that. So, let's just, let's wrap up sports. Let's make our... Super Bowl predictions. Um, I'm going to say Falcons 24-22. All right. Uh, I'm going to say that it's a little more of a shootout. Um, I'm going to give it Patriots winning in Patriot fashion by a field goal at the end. Uh, I'm going to give it Patriots uh, 38-35 straight up. Not straight down? No. Uh, I'm going to say, as much as I don't want the Patriots to win, I just don't see them come out of this. I mean, the defensive matchup right there really sold it for me. I think Brady's going to pick them apart. Defenses win championships. Defenses do win championships, no matter what anyone says. Yep. Um, So, yeah, I'd say Patriots. Um, I actually was thinking 38-35, too, but now I I think I may go... Let's see. I'm going to go... Hmm. I don't want to do the same as Dan, so I gotta think of a different score. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with 44 
to 41. Okay. Few field goals. Patriots? Patriots, yes. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I think even though Patriots have a good defense, Matt Ryan is just on a whole other level than most of the quarterbacks they've faced this year. Like, I still think Roethlisberger is a good quarterback. Just he had an off game. He had an off game. Uh, I mean, he's getting up there in age, whereas Matt Ryan's still kind of young. Um, I can't. I can't think of any other really good quarterbacks they've played down the stretch. Because, I mean, they played Denver. Uh, Trevor Simeon's not that great. Uh, they played the Raiders without Derek Carr. And just... Yeah, know, it's going to be... It's they gonna they be played the Jets, who are a dumpster fire. No matter who's playing quarterback. And twice. Yeah. So... I mean, I just think Ryan's on a whole other level than most of the quarterbacks they've gone up against this year. All right, everybody. Well, that's the show for this week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with Super Bowl coverage. Yeah. Not live, but it will be the day after. Yeah. Hopefully, if we can figure this out. We'll figure something out that we'll get some. You'll you'll get some sort of recap of Super Bowl 51. We'll figure it out. Brought to you by Dan and Austin or Dylan and Austin or Dylan and Dan. One of the combinations. Or or just one of us. Maybe just one of of us. We'll see. Or none of us. It'll be by one of the Shakedown members. Well, anyway, you can find us and reach us on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter at the shakedown podcast you can yes. also email us at the shakedown podcast at gmail.com yes uh so that is the show for this week i'm austin stevens i'm dan schweizer and i'm dylan webster and this has been the shakedown mm-hmm.